This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. The Kavnis HR Podcast is brought to you by SM Diversity. SM Diversity is a full-service staffing and recruiting agency. SM Diversity provides end-to-end talent acquisition programs, permanent placement, contractor hiring, retained hourly recruiting, and a recruitment media team. SM Diversity also provides diversity and inclusion consultants to design, develop, and implement DNI frameworks for organizations, both large and small. Hello, and welcome to the Cameron State Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cavanis. Our guest today is Bernard Cruz. Bernard, are you ready to be great today? Yes. Bernard Cruz is a transformative human resource director and human resource partner who designs and executes strategic initiatives that accelerated the complex challenges of the global talent market, texting tech organization, operations, culture change to leadership, performance management, and succession planning, leveraging a collaborative leadership style, international career, depth and breadth of experience, and an innate ability to root our existing and our potential problems to quickly create enduring solutions that align with business plans, human capital needs, and strategic directions, especially in India and China, building on a foundation of trust and connectedness among internal and external stakeholders, and building bridges with cultural sensitivity across oil and gas, energy, manufacturing, energy, and IT environments. Bernard, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate that. So, Bernard, what's keeping you busy right now? What are you focusing on? Well, as, uh, as my resume will say, I'm currently running an organization called Jabez Consultants. So basically what I do is I look at startups and organizations, especially in the Southeast Asia market, places like Myanmar and Laos and Cambodia, Indonesia, uh, because these are the emerging markets for the future. And HR is a major challenge. So I tend to get into organizations to look at their whole structure in terms of HR and how HR can be a strategic business partner to the business. And then I look at the various processes and see how best I can transform them and help the organization leap jump into a higher level going forward. Bernard, so you have experience across a vast array of industries. How have you approached in HR in these different industries? Or has your approach been the same regardless of the industry you're working in? Well, basically, I believe HR fundamentally is the same no matter which industry that you get into because the basics are the same. The only two things I always look for in a new organization is understanding and learning the business Mm -hmm. and understanding the financials of the business because it's only when I know these two things can I sit at the table and talk logically to the whole set of management team uh, with issues and, and challenges that they may have. Bernard, you bring up a good point. I think there's so many HR professionals out there who are like, they're great at HR, but they don't know the business, they don't know financials, and, and they have to learn everything in order to be a great HR professional, I think. Yes, it is true, and, and that's why, you know, whichever organization I join, uh, one of the fundamentals that I teach my team that I have is it's not just being HR as HR person, but you really need to understand the business because you've got to be a business partner to the CEO and the rest of the business line managers because if you do not understand the business, it's very difficult to articulate what we can do or what can be contributed in terms of HR towards the business. 
So I think the future is really for HR fraternity or the folks out there to really understand the business much more than understanding HR because that's a given. The HR is given for them. But I think it's really understanding the business that's going to drive them for the future. So Bernard, some HR people have great bosses, great leadership. They understand HR. They understand importance. But other HR people don't have the luxury. For those people, what advice do you have for them to try to convince their boss or to know um, HR is actually value added? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Not every boss is a HR supporter. But I think we need to show that the value that we can bring to the table, because do not forget the CEO is also running the business and he wants profitability and he wants to manage the business. But from the HR point of view, we got to bring the value to them, showing them what the value that you can bring to the table and it's only through analytics, showing numbers, and all those kind of things that's going to convince the CEO, yes, I think that is a, a, that's a case here, and I think we've got to listen to Bernard. You know, that's how it should be. Bernard, that's another great point. There's so many HR people don't want to do numbers. I'm like, no, you have to know analytics, you have to know numbers, because that's, that's the language of business people and finance and business people. You have to know the numbers. And so many people in HR are like, no, that's not my job. Well, yes, actually it is your job. Absolutely, it is. And, and you can't run away from it at the end of the day. I mean, if you talk about attrition, we've got to be able to go to the table with the CEO or the line managers and substantiate our, our rationale, the cost of hiring and how much it will cost if somebody leaves. So rather than doing that, if we can look at the employee prior to that at the end of the day, that's what is going to help save the organization huge amounts of money. And hiring the right people is critical at the end of the day. So I think I would defer, uh, back to defer with the, uh, the, the points given by some HR folks. But I think going forward, HR folks need to know and understand numbers and analytics in the HR part of it. Bernard, what values and characteristics do you think a great HR person needs to possess to be successful? I think flexibility is very important because sometimes we are very one-track mind and say this is what the rule says and that's the way to go. I think flexibility is important because we can have rules and policies in the organization, but we might must be flexible enough to tune it and accustom the situation that we are addressing in line with that at the end of the day. So that's very important. Number two is Leadership examples. Leadership is very important from your job because we always set the policies and procedures in organization and we got to ensure that we carry that out ourselves at the end of the day. There's no point in trying to enforce a policy when we ourselves do not do that. So leadership is very critical. And the third thing is really, really is understanding the business. Those are skills that's that you need to understand and acquire whether you like it or not going forward in the HR fraternity. Bernard, for, for people trying to get into their first HR position, whether a new college graduate or transferring to another, another career field, what advice would you have for them? Well, basically, I would say learn to love people. HR is basically learning to love people because trust me, I mean, if you're in HR and you've got a hundred employees, you've got a hundred different types of personalities you've got to learn to love people. I always say HR is dealing with the heart at the end of the day. You've got to have compassion, put yourself in the, in the shoes of the other person and feel how would that person feel. And that's where you address the issues going forward. 
Definitely, I never understood because you know those HR people that stay the office nine to five. They never walk around. I never understood how can you how can you do a job? You just you just stay in the office nine to five. Like you have to get out and walk around and find out what your people are doing and what the problems are, so you can help fix them. Absolutely, I totally agree that HR is not a sitting in the Eiffel Tower and dictating things down the line and say this is the way things to be done. But I think it's basically getting down to the feel and understanding. For me personally, you know, I've done regional, I've done global roles, but I I don't believe in sitting in the Eiffel Tower. I need to get down to the feel, find out what the pulse and the feel is like. Having a cup of coffee with some shop floor people, you learn a lot more than you would sitting at the office. So I believe that that is the trend going forward. And you're rightly so that very often we are playing that you guys are just sitting in the office, you do not know what's happening. That is the reality. But I think that has got to change for HR folks. So Bernard, you've been at HR for, for a while. Can you talk about some positive changes and also some negative changes that you've seen through the years for okay. HR? Sure. One area I would look at is in terms of succession planning, because I always believe that when you get into an organization, one of the main things I look for is usually, do we have enough leaders for the next generation? And of course, it takes some time to build that. So what I usually do is in the first six months when I join an organization, I just walk the shop floor to read and understand the employees at the end of the day. Because sometimes we lose out or we miss out some good talent who could be third or fourth level down the organization. But it's interacting with them and getting a hearsay of what people are doing and what people's capabilities are. You start picking up talent. So I am I, I enjoy doing that because I do pick up a lot of good talents over the years that I've worked in. And it's not at just a second level. It goes down to the third and the fourth level. So for me, spotting talent for the next generation growth of the organization is very critical. And I enjoy doing that. So that's one of my main areas that I enjoy doing. So Bernard, now I see like the, 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 the next great thing is AI and recruiting, machine learning, that kind of stuff. What do you think the future for HR and, and that is? Put it this way, about 10 years ago, I said this to a lot of folks. I said, look, the future of HR is something that we all need to think about. If you look at recruitment, it can be outsourced. If you look at content benefits, it can be outsourced. You look at training and development, it can be outsourced. So we got to ask ourselves, what value are we going to bring for the HR in the future? And I feel that the future is basically for HR folks as being a strategic business partner with the CEO and the CFO. I always believe in this triangle thing, the CEO, CFO, and the HR as a triangular uh, dimension in every organization that has to work together to spearhead the organization going forward. So with artificial intelligence coming in, it's a given, you know, whether we like it or not, it's going to happen, yeah. So we just got to be ready for it. But then the question is, what happens to the recruiters and all that who are doing those jobs right now? Skill themselves into other, some other areas, into HR or even outside HR. But artificial intelligence is here to stay, and we just got to be ready for it. Bernard, in the past, how have you gone about building great teams? Well, first of all, I look at the organization, and then I look at what do we want to be in about three years, five years down the line. And that's where I will work with the CEO and the CFO in strategizing our next steps for the future, for the third and the fifth years to go. And if we need to 
really, really throw some procedures, policies, or whatever it may be that has not helped us to change, that we will do that and come up with new. We need to start constantly thinking outside the box. You know, it's not a static thing all the especially in HR. It's not going to be static, yeah. Because if you look at the mini millennials and the future generation, the way they do things and the way they think is totally different. So HR is got to keep in pace with that. And I think that we should be radical enough to be able to to say no, this is not working, and we just got to do something 180 degrees around. We just got to do. Bernard. Let's suppose someone watches this talk and they say, you know what, Bernard Cruz is the type of person I want to I want to work for. How are they? How are they get your attention? Well, first of all, you know, I always look at the the passion and the interest of an individual. I get a lot of requests wanting to join organizations and all that. And I look for always, always, I keep looking for good talent. So for me, when I see an individual and I see that potential in a person, the next thing I look for is, does the person have the passion? Or is it going to be a short-term thing? You know, just fires burning and the fire dies down. Or will the fire keep on burning it? forever, you know, kind of a thing. Those are the people that I will take under my wings and kind of groom them and help them. Because if I look back at my career, there's a lot of people who have worked for me who are doing very well right now, and I'm very happy for them. So that brings up another good point. Can you talk a little about, about mentorship, both having a mentor yourself and being a mentee? Because I believe it both works both ways. Yes, it works both ways. And I only, you see, that's why I always, whenever I join an organization, for me, the most important thing is the CEO that I work for. Because all of us, you know, no matter how experienced you are, you still want to learn something. And you want to learn something from your leader. And the moment you think you're not going to learn anything from your leader, and that's for me, time to move on. So I always look forward to that. So likewise, anyone working below me must come into an organization or must come under my wings, knowing that they will learn something from me. And trust me, I'm, I'm a willing party to impart so much of knowledge that I have over the years that I'm willing to impart, but the person must be willing to absorb and learn and grow with it. So it works both ways. Yes, definitely. Bernard, next, can you talk about a time you, you were successful in the past, where you learned from the success and what our listeners can learn from the success of yours in the past? I will not mention the company, but I will mention a, a time when I was doing a global role for an organization. When I went into the organization, one of the greatest challenges I had we had about 45 nationalities working for us and there was 45 different types of contracts, yeah. And and I thought it was, a, it was a major challenge, you know. And I said, okay, I told my CEO, give me six months and I'll clean this up. And of course, it took me about more than six months to clean it up. But along the way, yes, I stepped some toes. But at the end of the day, I... I was being fair to the organization as well as fair to the employee concern. And I had that managed over the period of time and it became very successful. In fact, one of the commands my, uh, my CEO gave me was, I hope I don't have to negotiate my contract with you again, you know. So, you know, I take it in a positive sense and I take it as a compliment, honestly, because I think at the end of the day, you must be seen to be fair you must be effective in what Bernard next can you talk about talk about something you feel in the past what you learned from this and what we can learn well the many areas actually you know the many areas even if you take an example of recruitment one of the areas that I've always looked at is you know in the countries that we operate in it, for me I always believe it must be filled up with the 
local population in the country. I mean, we take an example like Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, or even India and China. Um, I always believe that instead of putting too many expats in those countries, which first of all is the cost factor, number two is we need to groom the next leaders, uh, generation of leaders. I always believe in generating the locals as the next level of people who will take on their respective roles in various organizations. Yes. Bernard, next, can you talk about someone who's helped in the past and how they helped you? I will go back to one of my uh, Taken Asia Pacific roles that I had. My boss, he was a great person. I mean, he challenged me to the call, you know, and, you know, at that point of time, yes, I hated him for doing what he did. But uh, when I look back, you know, I've got to thank him a lot for what I did. I mean, I still am good friends with him, even though he's retired and I'm no more working for him. But we are still good friends. And we go back and we talk about the times when the things he did. I said, you know what? I hated you at that time, you know. But I thank you for helping me go through that because it's built me into a better person and has turned me into a better leader. So I tend to do that and emulate that for people working under me. It's not done for the sake of punishing anyone or taking revenge, but it's basically to challenge the same motto that we that I had when I got it. Yes, it always seems like our hardest bosses are end up being the best ones down the line. Absolutely, absolutely. Bernard, can you tell us something about yourself that most people don't know? Of course, your close family, close friends know this, but most people who know you day-to-day don't know this about yourself. I get involved in a lot of charitable organizations. I am part of a uh, non-profit organization that helps the less fortunate people, people with disabilities and all that. That has been my passion for many years and I'm doing it. I've been doing that for the last 30 years and I still enjoy doing that. That is one area that not very many people know about me. I mean, they know me as a HR person, the leader, and, you know, they learn a lot. But this part of aspect, I don't really talk about it much, but that's one area that I'm involved. Bernard, I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. Yes, the one book that I really would like to recommend, and this is something to do with change, is Who Moved My Cheese? That is a book that I read probably about 15 years ago, and it still sticks very strongly in my mind. And every time I want to do a change or something, I remember what I learned in that book. And that has kind of jumped my career uh, by leaps and bounds, and, um, and I always advocate that a lot. So I would encourage anyone gets a hand on the book, who book by cheese, please get it. It's a very small book, but it, it's got volumes of encouragement in there. And for our listeners, we'll have the links to his book recommendation and social media and show notes. And the show notes are www.cabinetshrblog.com. Bernard, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you invite our listeners any last-minute wisdom or advice or any subject you want to talk about? Well, basically, i just like to end up with this. A lot of people ask me, Bernard, you have been in HR for 30 years. Why would you want to still continue in it? I still think I have a passion for people. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy interacting with people. And I think that carries a long way. That's what I earlier on I said. You must have a passion when you're dealing with people. So if you have a passion for people, I would still say pursue the passion that you have. If it's in HR, pursue that. If it's in something else, pursue that at the end of the day. But fundamentally, all comes back to HR. You are going to deal with people. So have a passion in your heart for people. That's my parting words. Thank you, Bernard. That's great advice. 
Bernard, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know you had to get up kind of early over there, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invite. I really appreciate that. And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.